Blog Talk Radio. Thank you all for tuning in. We do this each and every Monday to get you all set for Monday Night Raw. Dissect the world of professional wrestling, what's going on inside and outside of the ring. So thank you all for tuning in. we got a lot to get to on tonight's episode. Check us out on Facebook. Go to their Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Right now, we got a, a show chat thread going on there. So you want to talk to us on the Facebook Jot down your thoughts there. Also, later on during Monday Night Raw, we'll have a conversation thread going on on the Facebook. So check out our Facebook page. Get involved in the conversation. You can tweet us. At uh, The Ken Reedy Show is our Twitter handle uh, over there in the Twitterverse. And check out our website, thekenreedyshow.com. All sorts of cool and interesting stuff over there on thekenreedyshow.com. We got a lot of stuff to get to, and we want to hear from you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And uh, it's it's been an interesting go the past couple weeks. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it seems like to me, to this wrestling fan, uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on outside the ring uh, is a lot more interesting than some of the storylines going on inside the ring and on television. And we're going to dissect a lot of stuff and go over things and give a lot of opinion tonight. So without further ado. Couldn't get through without my tag team partner. Let's get Dave on the line. Dave, how you doing this evening? I'll thank you for the warm introduction. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing all right. Ready to go. It's, it's a warm introduction because uh, here in the Northeast, it is freezing uh, tonight. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I hate the cold weather. And now I, I guess we're getting some sort of wintry mix tonight. So uh, just not looking forward to that stuff. So tonight's a night to stay in get under the blanket, and just uh, hopefully we get a good Monday Night Raw. We're going to get you ready for Monday Night Raw tonight as Raw gets ready for their end-of-year awards show, the Slammies. We here at the Ken Reedy Show are also getting ready for our end-of-year show because next Monday is going to be our last show of the year. Can't believe that 2014 is coming to a close so quickly. Um, just to let you guys know, we're going to do an end-of-year show. We're going to do... Uh, we're going to change it up a bit because we've done shows before. We've done like a ton of awards and we're going to kind of pull back on the awards. We're going to do just a couple of awards and uh, kind of do a real intense uh, 
retrospective on 2014, go over uh, some of the, the big stories of 2014, and uh, you know that's going to be the crux of what we do next week. So we'll do a few awards, and as always, we want to hear from you guys. So we're going to have other awards. We're going to have more than three awards, but we want you to vote on the three major ones. And after we read off the nominees, I'm going to post these things on Facebook at some point this evening, and we want to hear your votes on the end-of-year awards. And first off, we'll give you Wrestler of the Year, and the nominees are Bully Ray, Bully Ray, Bobby Roode, John Cena, Seth Rollins, and Brock Lesnar. Those are your nominees for Wrestler of the Year, Event of the Year, WrestleMania 30, Bound for Glory, House of Hardcore 7, ROH's Final Battle, and SummerSlam are all nominated for the Event of the Year and Match of the Year. Match of the Year, we have Wolves, Hardys, 3D, Full Metal Mayhem from Impact, October 8th, Shield versus the Wyatts at Elimination Chamber, Rollins versus Ambrose at SummerSlam, and Triple H versus Daniel Bryant at WrestleMania. So you're going to, those are the awards we need you to go and vote for, Wrestler of the Year, Event of the Year, and Match of the Year, and we want to hear from you. As soon as we post that up on Facebook. But we're we're looking forward next week to really dissecting uh, the whole year because there's a lot of stuff that happened outside the ring, a lot of different big news stories that, you know, I think going forward uh, could could very much change the, the landscape of professional wrestling uh, as we've known it for quite some time. And as we talk about all these news stories that we're going to be uh, discussing next week, who knows what are going to be the biggest stories of the year? Could this guy uh, be on the list? You know, interesting year, CM Punk, you know, big deal in the beginning of the year, big story, and now makes himself, uh, you know, puts himself back in the spotlight, so to speak, over the past few weeks. Now, Dave, I'm thinking, all right, you know, he's got the podcast, and he's he's got his, uh, his website, his uh, Pro Wrestling Tees store that he's opening, so... In my mind, I'm thinking, all right, you know, shrewd business move, put himself back in the spotlight, get his name back out there, sell some T-shirts, make some dough. That's what I'm thinking his motivation is. And then lo and behold, CM Punk, and again, like I said, it seems like the stuff happening outside the ring is a little more interesting than the stuff inside the ring. Um, CM Punk signs with UFC. He's getting into the octagon. Right now, Dave, as far as the landscape of professional wrestling, this is the biggest story going. Oh, absolutely. I mean, CM Punk, you know, left WWE back in, you know, January, the beginning of this year, abruptly, um, without notice, uh, very controversially, as you can, as you can uh, tell from his interview on the, the, the Patsu podcast. And a lot was left unsaid for the better part of 10 months uh, by CM Punk. You heard stories of, you know, bits and pieces of his reasons behind leaving and things that led up to that. Um, but you know he let it he, he let it all out there whether it's true or not it's his version of the story uh, like I said there's two sides to every story and I think that there is some truth to what he had to say but I think there's also truth on WWE side and uh, I don't know if we'll ever hear that again but um, you know he left in a very controversial way and yes he addressed things just recently and uh, you know he, he's been a name that to this day wrestling fans still chant his name. Um, in arenas when he's not there, with his wife's wrestling on TV, AJ Lee, or, you know, there's a, a stupid segment that 
you know, wrestling fans don't care for. They'll chant his name. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a wanted person in the wrestling world. And uh, he's, a, he's, been in, he's been known to be a huge fan of mixed martial arts. He's incorporated um, some elements of the mixed martial arts sport into his wrestling repertoire um, over the years, whether it be by his look or by some of his moves. Um, he's, he's always had that incorporated into the wrestling, uh, in his style. So, uh, you know, it, it seems like a fit, I guess, in some way, that, you know, he would join UFC. Granted, he does not have any fighting experience in an octagon, no professional matches um, that we that we know of. But business-wise, I mean, for Dana White, it's good business. I mean, he's picking up the hottest name in wrestling currently right now that's not in wrestling to fight in his, promo- in his uh, mixed martial arts promotion. People, like, it's going to be like the Brock Lesnar factor. People are going to pay money to either see him get his ass kicked to see if he can, you know, have any skills to begin with, or to see him win. And CM Punk also, too, he's got that crossover appeal with wrestling fans. And it's, I think it's just a win-win for both, for, for both sides financially. As far as physically goes, um, I mean, he, in the podcast he complained of concussions, he complained of being hurt, he complained of Ryback hurting him purposely. I mean, this is a sport, it, it's, not a, it's not a work, it's a shoot, it's real. These guys get hurt. Um, they have to pass physicals with doctors before they even fight. And so he gets hit one too many times in the head. You know, those athletic commission doctors, those boxing and MMA, you know, doctors that are, that are on hand for these events, they wouldn't let him set foot in the building, let alone in the octagon to keep that hurt. So, um, I'm curious to see what happens after his first fight, when his first fight takes place, who's it going to be against? Um, Dana White's been saying it's supposed to be somebody of equal caliber of him, either somebody who has no professional experience or somebody who is very limited with their experience in, in, in that fighting scene. So overall, I mean, it's got everybody talking. Um, and it also, to me, in my opinion, it also shows that I think that Dana White and the mixed martial arts world, they do look at elements of pro wrestling to help enhance their own product, excuse me. And I'll discuss that also later in my day five news report. All I heard at the top of the hour here on the Ken Reedy show. But overall, it's, it's been it's been the big buzz for the past few weeks. You know, CM Punk, and once again, he drops another bombshell. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, and, and it's good business from, from Dana White. And, and you know, the, you would think on some levels to get involved to do professional wrestling and to do UFC, there's at least a similar skill set. And, um, you know, and there are guys, I, mean, I remember an interview years ago with Undertaker, and, and he said if, uh, you know, MMA and UFC were around when he was younger, he wouldn't have been a professional wrestler. He would have gotten into MMA. So, um, you know, I think uh, there are wrestlers that are fans of, of MMA and obviously train in that, that genre, and there are probably wrestlers that hate it. Uh, by contrast, there's probably people in UFC that are big wrestling fans. And you also got people in UFC that are going to want to... Uh, you know, prove that, uh, you know, someone who does and quote fake wrestling, uh, can't come into UFC and, uh, you know, hold their own. So, you know, you would think that CM Punk would have a target on his back when he walked in. Like you said, Dana White said that he's going to match him up against guys that are like one and oh, two and one guys that are, have limited experience also because, uh, uh, CM Punk has no experience. It just was, it was very interesting to me, this, Announcement. Now, I will say this, uh, you know, before I dissect his announcement a little bit further, I thought he looked great. 
I, you know, for a guy, and, and I, no disrespect to CM Punk, but honestly, for a guy who is straight edge and, you know, does not do drugs, does not drink, like, he looked a lot of times like he was just strung out. Uh, now, looking back on it, could that have been the the staff infection, the, the WWE schedule, the just being all around banged up? Um, probably. Uh, but I I noticed that when when I saw him on UFC um, making his announcement, I was shocked. It, it almost he looked almost five years younger than the last time I saw him in, in a WWE ring. Um, so good for him. The, the time away is definitely it looks like he's done it's done him well. Um, but it is intriguing the fact that you know a, a good portion of that podcast was him talking about being all banged up talking about the physical toll that the WWE was taking on him and really complaining about Ryback and and the physicality of Ryback and you know getting kicked in the ribs on purpose well it's UFC you're going to get kicked in the ribs on purpose on a regular basis now um you know, kudos to him. You know, you're a guy, you know, you get to a point in your life and you just want to do something and you just go out like, I'm just going to do it. Good for you. I mean, you're you're entitled to do whatever you want out of your life. And, and that's cool. If you had a dream to be in UFC and Ultimate Fighting, uh, you want to do that. Good for you. Uh, but as I start to, like, really look at this and analyze it as a, a uh, you know, chances that he would have as far as the sport goes... Uh, you know, it's a lot of wear and tear on that body for years, years. Um, you would think someone who is a professional wrestler um, at 36, uh, those joints, uh, you know, that that body might be a little bit older than your typical 36-year-old. Uh, I, I would, you know, I would tend to doubt any athlete that thinks that they can switch sports at 36 years of age. I, that to me is, that's, that's up there for a professional athlete. So that to me, as, as far as how I think he would do in UFC, I, I have some serious doubts. I agree with you, Dave. Like everything business wise, it makes complete sense. It makes sense for CM Punk. It, it makes sense for Dana White. Um, you know, immediately like, I, and I don't order UFC pay-per-views. I'm like, I, I kind of want to see. So if he's the first UFC pay-per-view he's in, I'll, I'll probably order it, or at least go somewhere to see it. So, it, it's a you know, and I can't be the only one in America. So it's it's a good move, business wise. Um, I guess if you're Dana White, you're just you're kind of hoping that you know CM Punk doesn't get his ass handed to him uh, in the first match, where it just really looks like he doesn't belong, um, and maybe a short term gains as far as a CM Punk MMA uh, career, but. Um, it's intriguing. It's just, it, it, I guess, like for me, Dave, I go back and forth because it's just, it's really intriguing for a guy to to come out on on a podcast and, just, I mean, I would say, you know, you want to go percentages. I mean, what at least like half of the podcast talking about how physically banged up he was and all in all the physical ailments uh, that he had and all the injuries he had. I mean, that was the, the a lot, a huge percentage of the podcast 
It's like, oh, you know, I've been beat up. I have, I've, I've torn this, and I, and this is injured, and I've broken these ribs, and I, I had these concussions. I've done all this. You know what I think I want to do? I'm going to go get hit in the head for a living now. I'm going to join UFC now. That seems like a good idea. If I, if I hate being hurt, I'm going to go join UFC. So is, I, I don't know. Like for me, if I was all banged up and tired of getting hurt, it wouldn't be like I'm going to jump to UFC now. I'd, I'd maybe I'd. I'd take up basket weaving or something like that, but it just seemed uh, like a weird kind of career choice because, again, the bulk of that that podcast um, was him complaining about physical ailments. The one thing that did strike me, and I, you know, we talked about this briefly, Dave, but wrestling fan, you know, wrestling has gotten to a point where, you know, when we grew up, most of the time you had guys of similar size matching up against each other. Um, as time has gone on, uh, you know, you have more and more of those David and Goliath type vibes. Um, and interesting enough, on the WWE Network, they're actually playing the pipe bomb. Uh, how ironic. Um, Are you but serious? anyway, yeah, they're playing the pipe bomb right now on the WWE Network. So go figure. Wow. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting that, like, you know, Weight classes are there for a reason in, in MMA, in boxing, and things like that. You know, in wrestling, you know, you can have you got smaller guys and you script them to beat the bigger guys. And, uh, you know, for me as an old school fan, a lot of times I have a problem with that. Um, but it is what it is. That's where, where wrestling has gone. I, and wrestling fans have got to, like, you know, kind of pull yourselves out of the fantasy world that is wrestling. You know, in real life. If Daniel Bryant was fighting Batista and Randy Orton, he would he would be killed. They they would just destroy him. Okay, There's, Daniel Bryant would have zero chance at beating those two guys in a fight two on one. Doesn't happen. Okay, so like just just remember that I can't tell you how many places I saw on like Twitter and social media where oh wow, CM Punk is going to UFC. We may finally get the real fight. Between Brock Lesnar and CM Punk. That's going to be awesome to finally see the two of them in the, in the octagon for real. If they, if, look, if Dana White ever allowed that to happen, we would be, we would be like going to CM Punk's funeral. There's no, there's no doubt. Like, Brock Lesnar would kill CM Punk. You can't teach size. And that's why there's weight classes. So anyone who's thinking, hey, you know, maybe we'll see that down. You're not going to see that. It's never going to happen. It just, it just wouldn't work. And that's my little rant. So you're not going to see that. Um, I don't know. Like My gut reaction for me, and I'm curious what you think, Dave, for him going to, to UFC is honestly that, that he's, he's not going to be good at it. My gut reaction is that he's, he's walking into something that, uh, you know, finally maybe his, his, his mouth is right in checks that his body can't cash. Uh, I, I just think... I think he's going to have some difficulty over there. Uh, remains to be seen. It's really an interesting career choice. Um, but if you talk, you know, to me, business-wise, yes, it makes perfect sense. And he is firmly in the spotlight right now, again. Uh, health-wise and, and, and sporting-wise, I think he's going to have a lot of difficulty in the octagon, Dave. Well, you know, let me just dissect, you know, your your statement there for a moment and your your, your thoughts on on punk transitioning from wrestling to MMA. Um, and I, I do agree with you in a lot of points where you know that you make here on the subject matter. 
Um, the some of the things that just stand out for me, like you said, like you know, the, he complained in the podcast about being hurt so much, but he's going to go to a sport where he gets hurt on a, you know legitimately on a semi-regular basis. Um, you know, it, it's it, it can come off very puzzling. At the same time, it can come off you know his statements can come off very contradictory. Um, but I don't try to you know dwell on that and get too involved into you know what his thinking was behind that and you know if his statements are true to form or not. Um, the thing for me is like, for instance, you know, he wrestles every, when he wrestles, he wrestled every day or every other day, right? You put yourself through a beating every single day. Boxers, MMA fighters, the prize fighters, and they fight every six months or so. So if he fights one fight, he gets banged up, you know, depending on how bad it hurts, he is, he has time to recover, recuperate and train for the next fight. Um, so I think he has that in his favor, despite not having that ex- that, that extensive experience in uh, a mixed martial arts setting. I think the other thing too that is going to be crucial for him as he's entering this is he needs to separate himself mentally and physically away from wrestling. Now he's going into a different world. You know, in wrestling, he's. He was, you know, seen as, you know, this godlike figure amongst, you know, his core group of fans and to a large portion of the audience. Um, and he prided himself on being the best wrestler in and out of the ring. Um, he had said it in plenty of interviews, out of character. He felt he was the best wrestler. He can't say that he's the best MMA fighter in the world. He can aspire to be that or aspire to be close to that, but he's going to have to humble himself in, in, in many ways as he gets in, as he makes this transition into MMA. And I think the other thing, too, with him, in order for him to be successful, like I said, is, is separating himself wrestling and MMA, it all depends on, you know, the camp he's in, who they put him up against, and like you said, Dana White can't afford for him to get his clock cleaned in his first fight because then that's going to be the worst investment he's ever made. So in order for Punk to keep his head above water, I should say, in MMA. I'm not going to say succeed, because I think that's, I, I think that's a long ways away for a guy his age right now. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that he's not going to work hard and he's not going to do his best to prove that he can, you know, be a mixed martial arts prize fighter, but in order for him to keep his head above water, I think he's going to have to, you know, train really hard, find the right time to to. to, to fight and to debut and not just do it because they want you to do it for money because they feel it's the right time. You know, he said in his interview, I want to fight when I'm ready to fight. I don't want to rush this. You know, I'm 100% into this. I'm taking this seriously. Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, eight, nine months from now he gets his first fight. And from what I've heard, they're looking towards July of 2015 to put him in there. And, and I think that that is a best case scenario for him right now. Um, and the other thing, too, he would have to, like I said, he'd have to hold his own and not necessarily win. Either he's got to win and slaughter the guy he's fighting, or he's got to have a good fight and, and hold his own and not get killed in there in order for him to gain some level of success in the world of mixed martial arts in the UFC. Um, so it's going to be it's a very interesting and tricky situation as far as his transition goes. Like I said, I think it's crucial that he separates himself mentally and physically from wrestling. This is a different world in MMA, and he's gonna, you know, have to realize that, that he can't rest on his laurels and certain things that he prided himself on, and certain things that 
he he used in his wrestling career. That's a, that's a different animal, and so that's what's going to be the, the the key to him maintaining some level of success in in the world of MMA, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting to see how how it all comes together because. Um, you know, he did say, you know, when I'm completely ready, then, you know, I'm not going to rush it. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see, really, you know, Dana White's got something, you know, very interesting and, and you know, on his hands right here. And it it is, a, you know, his opponent, how, who's picked and how it goes is going to be very, very intriguing because you you do run that risk of, you know, if you're Dana White, and you're looking at this, and you're saying you have a potential cash cow here, um, you know, someone, uh, you know, a, a name who that's, that's well-known, you're going to get a, another um, audience over there to MMA, at least initially. Um, but if CM Punk comes in and wins his first fight, uh, but wins maybe too easily... Uh, people are going to start to speculate and complain and criticize that, you know, Dana White purposely put him up against someone that, that sucks and, and UFC is protecting Punk, uh, which is not going to be good for UFC. And it's really not going to be good for CM Punk. On on the other side of it, if, if you get someone who's maybe too good or too much uh, better than, than Punk is at that time and Punk gets his ass kicked, well, that's not good either. I mean, you don't want him to come in there and then it's like, oh, see, the, the quote, fake wrestler uh, couldn't hack it in the world of, of MMA. So it, it, you really got to look at, you know, finding the guy that is going to match up style-wise with Punk that is going to give you, you know, you, you almost, I mean, if you're Dana White, you're, you're hoping, and again, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not scripted, at least it's what we're told, and, you know, you... I mean, I I don't think it is. I think boxing is scripted at times, but I digress. Um, but you almost like you need Punk to to win, um, but for it to you know be a really good fight for uh, you know fans to to take CM Punk uh, legitimately. So it it should be it's going to be very interesting to see how Dana White chooses CM Punk's opponent how that uh, whole uh, process uh, goes about, because uh, I would think, you know, Dave, if you're Dana White, you want to get someone who is almost exactly at the same skill set that Punk is at. Oh, agreed. I mean, there's been there's been tweets and social media has been a buzz since this announcement's been made. There's been current UFC fighters, one, for instance, Michael Bisping, who's, you know, a, a, a big name in the UFC, who's called out CM Punk. And I was just on social media before the show started, and I read a post from uh, the Hurricane, Shane Helms, good buddy of mine. And he said, CM Punk's got everybody in the MMA world talking, but what does it make these professionals look like? Something along the lines of it makes the, it, it makes the, the, the pros look real tough that they're, that they're calling out and challenging a guy who's zero and zero. So, I mean, before he's even stepped in the octagon, CM Punk has got people talking, and he's making MMA more relevant than it currently is. So... It's 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 funny how his presence has gained a lot of talk amongst the sport. I mean, there are guys who work their tails off and fight just to get a show, just to get just to get a fight on the preliminary bouts before the pay per view even starts. And Punk's not even going to do that. I mean, Dana White would be stupid to pay CM Punk all this money 
to fight on one of those preliminary fights that you see on free TV before the pay-per-view. He's going to put him on pay-per-view. He's going to get the most bang for his buck. And there are certainly guys out there who have been in the sport, who have scratched and clawed, you know, before even getting to UFC to earn a shot that, that feel like Punk has skipped over them. The same thing that Punk feels that a lot of those part-time WWE guys are doing or who had done to him when guys like Lesnar and Undertaker and The Rock would just come and go when they please and hurt his character. So that's the other interesting dynamic that I took from all this is that Punk is now in the position of where Brock Lesnar and the other part-time wrestlers were in WWE, where now Punk is coming in into a sport that's virtually, you know, unknown to him. And he's taken away spots from people who have worked their tails off for their entire lives just to, to, to prove how good of a fighter they are in that sport. So that's, that's one thing that I'm, little, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that unfolds as time goes on um, when Punk's you know, fight is announced, who he fights, um, and the reaction from some of the other fighters out there. Some people think it's great, and other people think it's, it's, it's blasphemy that he's getting this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, because I, I can see why you'd be annoyed with CM. I mean, it, it, anyone in, in any job, you know, if you're if you're at your job and you work your ass off and you put years in, uh, you know, doing what you do, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they hire someone that's your equal to do the job with you, and they're getting the same perks as, as you've gotten, and, and you have to, like, respect them uh, as, as an equal of yours. It's, it's frustrating in any line of work. So I can... I can totally see where, you know, guys in UFC are going to, you know, Punk's going to have a target on his back. And you're going to get guys, you know, it's going to be very interesting because you're going to get guys that are going to go up against CM Punk that it's not going to be your normal, you know, O and O guy versus a, a two and one guy. You know, the, whoever wrestle, wrestles or fights CM Punk is really going to be getting up for that. You know, they're really going to want to prove that the guy from the professional wrestling world uh, can't come into our world and, and hold his own. So, uh, you know, kudos to him. It's a dream of his. You know, you, you, you only live once. Go out and do it. Um, so I got a lot of respect for him doing that. Uh, however, as a, being realistic, I think he's going to have some difficulty in the octagon. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We got a lot of guys. I guess the CM Punk thing, it's a... Uh, it's hot. People want to talk about it. We got some a bunch of you on hold. Give us a little bit. We're gonna to get to the news today five right now, and then we're just gonna go we're gonna go right into the phone call. So whatever you guys want to talk about it again, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number. Right now it's that time at the top of the order top of the order? God, I'm in baseball mode. Top of the hour each and every week. Here we go. It is time for the day five fifty fifty news report. Well, thank you very much, Ken. I'm glad to be at the top of the batting order here on the Ken Reedy Show. That's right, folks. It's the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the order every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our top story this week is one door closes for CM Punk and his relationship with WWE. Another one has opened for Rey Mysterio. That door that I'm referring to is all too familiar with Mr. 619 as it seems a complete 360 is in order for Rey Mysterio and his relationship with WWE. For months, reports out have suggested a rather roller coaster relationship between both parties. Here's the nuts and bolts of the situation. Rey's deal ends and he opts to walk away and pursue other interests. 
WWE renews the deal, unbeknownst to Mysterio, setting a clause in the contract which allows them to re-sign if the performer is out for an extended period of time due to injury. Mysterio, upset over this, refuses to return to work, even going as far as appearing at a AAA pay-per-view event on camera, breaching his WWE contract. Well, now it looks like both sides have agreed to terms on a newer, more lucrative deal that will see Rey Mysterio return to WWE on a more full-time basis, which is being described as a complete turnaround of events. WWE knows they are in need of a big star to help their Mexican market, and it looks like they have rewarded Mysterio with a very lucrative contract to keep him from jumping ship. Sources out report that Mysterio, and I quote, got the best of all economic offers he's ever going to get for the rest of his life, which will see him work a reduced schedule to avoid serious injuries that have plagued him his entire WWE run, and which have also opted him to want to leave in the first place. No timetable is set for a Rey Mysterio return to WWE television, but sources say we could see him back in time for WrestleMania season in 2015. While on the topic of contract statuses, it looks as if another lucrative deal by WWE is in place for the man they call Sting. Sources out are reporting that WWE has signed Sting to a very limited schedule contract that limit being six dates. Not sure if those are a combination of television and pay-per-view appearances, but it seems that this deal will run out after WrestleMania 31. There is still talk, however, that things could potentially work more than just the one big WrestleMania match that's been rumored. However, company officials see the value in Sting and would like to limit his appearances as a way to promote Sting in a special attraction-type role on WWE television. As of now, those are the only details available on the speculated deal from Sting at this time. PWInsider.com is reporting that Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling is not scheduled to tape any television events until early 2015. As of now, a television deal has not been announced by the company, and Global Force Wrestling's focus is on the January 4th New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-view they're helping promote and distribute here in the United States. When they do start taping TV, it looks like Las Vegas, Nevada will be the home to Global Force Wrestling TV taping. But that, however, has not been completely confirmed at this time. On the heels of... Now, this is what I was talking about earlier, where I said I was going to allude you know, to, to some MMA news. Yeah, I got some more for you here. On the heels of former WWE superstar CM Punk signing with the MMA juggernaut UFC, it looks as if their competitor, Teletor, is in the market of hiring professional wrestlers to their MMA roster. The company has gone in a bit of a relaunch as of late, adding more pro wrestling-inspired dialogue to the MMA product. The idea behind this is to bring wrestlers in who are used to cutting promos and being in front of the camera and create a potentially scripted, scripted scenario that would culminate in a real MMA encounter. TNA star Bobby Lashley is on the current roster for Bellator, and one main being discussed that Bellator has their sights set on is former WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio. Del Rio has a background in the sport with a professional record of nine wins and five losses, having fought for various promotions prior to his WWE run. There is no word if conversations between both parties have taken place or if Del Rio is even interested in returning to MMA now that he is a well-known commodity in the Lucha Libre world, 
But that's what's going down in the rumor mill as of late. And on the final note, Bellator officials have publicly stated that they planned to make a run at the current reigning and not so much defending undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Champion Brock Lesnar. Once his deal with WWE expired after WrestleMania 31, and that is if, and I mean a big if, Lesnar is not to resign with WWE. For years, MMA and pro wrestling have taken great strides in separating themselves from each other. But could we see a new form of sports entertainment if Bellator were to mix elements of pro wrestling into their environment? And in our final story this week, looks as if Kurt Angle has made it official. He is staying in his second professional wrestling home, TNA Wrestling. Rumors surfaced a little over a month ago that Angle would be staying with the promotion in what he describes as his last wrestling contract. But now, as of recently on Vince Russo's The Swerve podcast, Angle revealed to Russo that he plans to retire from active in-ring actions with TNA. Angle confirmed reports of WWE offering him a full-time deal to return, something of which Angle stated he could not agree to at his age due to all the injuries he suffered over the years in his wrestling career. Angle stated he hopes to be back in the ring by the new year, just in time for TNA's debut on Destination America. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, take it away. Good stuff. Lots of interesting stuff. That would be interesting if, if MMA starts to incorporate uh, some more wrestling aspects in their program. But let's go out to the phones because people have been on hold very patiently. And I think, is this Anthony on the line? Or Mr. Trivia? Hey, how you doing, guys? Mr. Trivia, I don't quite have all the numbers memorized. Mr. Trivia, how you doing this evening? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Once again, it's always a pleasure to hear the greatest report ever, the Day 5 News Report. It's always awesome to hear that. Dave, once again, fabulous job. Um, guys, I got a couple things here. Uh, first of all, you know, with um, the Slammys coming up, that should be pretty interesting. And the, with the uh, TLC, you know, tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs, pay-per-view, because now that they signed this new uh, stairs match here with uh, Rowan against uh, the Big Slow. Um, that's That should be a pretty interesting pay-per-view. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a real good one. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, once again, another pay-per-view without the champion. Now, I was just curious. Guys, are they, is Brock Lesnar, are, are they kind of like keeping Brock Lesnar off of TV to build something up really big for WrestleMania, or does he have an injury that nobody knows about? Or, I mean, why? I mean, in your opinion, I don't know. I mean, in your opinion, why is he off TV so long? I, I personally, I think it's just his contract. I think, it, you know, he's signed for a certain number of dates, and it's money. I mean, pure and simple, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar's all about Brock Lesnar. And,. If he's not signed or being paid for uh, events, he's he's not showing. And it seems like, you know, the WWE is, is okay with that. Um, you know, I, I would like to see him a little bit more. I, I think they are trying to set up something big for WrestleMania. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Your thoughts, Dave? I mean, I don't think it's anything really uh, mystical. I just think it's that that's what his contract is. Yeah, I, I believe it's, you know, based on his contract. I mean, there were reports out that after he won the title that he was, um, he was then not obligated, but WWE had the right to um, enforce more dates in his contract, but that also means more money. 
too. So, um, considering the, the 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 trimming of the fat that WWE has been uh, doing as of you know this past year with the debut of the network, um, I don't see them forking out any more money currently right now to Brock Lesnar. But the interesting thing that that, that gets me more than anything is that. Um, I can't see Brock. I mean, there's been rumors of him possibly going back to MMA. Um, and, and, you know, Bellator is interested. UFC had publicly stated they would be, they would talk to him if he were interested to come back once his deal were to expire. But, I mean, WWE knows that they're in a bind right now, and especially after this, this uh, CM Punk incident with the podcast and how they, they, they're in need of top stars. Um, I, I can see the WWE throwing a lot, a lot of money at Brock Lesnar. But, What's even more interesting is he's still the champion right now, and we're just about a month away from the beginning of WrestleMania season. His contract is allegedly going to expire after WrestleMania. If they haven't had preliminary talks with him yet, or if they've already got something signed, I'm really surprised that they still have the championship on him to begin with, knowing that he could leave after WrestleMania. That's the big, that's, that's the big interesting point that I wanted to bring out is that you know, he's your champion, and if you will have him signed right now, or at least going into the new year with, 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 the, with the WrestleMania push, I, I would get the belt off him as soon as possible. Otherwise, you would be creating what took place, you know, 16 years ago in Montreal with Brett and Sean. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with that. Guys, I was on the phone yesterday. Uh, I got a message that um, Fred Ottman, a.k.a. Tugboat, was in the hospital. He had a serious injury. He had a, a fall, and um, he had a serious injury, and he wanted to let his fans know that uh, he is recuperating right now at home. And uh, we spoke to him yesterday, and things are looking pretty bright for him. So uh, we just want to wish him a fast and speedy recovery, and Hopefully everything will work out well for him. This thing with CM Punk and MMA, well, I wish him all the best. Maybe he'll get his ice cream bars from Dana White. He didn't get it from WWE. But, guys, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you again on the show. And, uh, once again, great job, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for the call, Mr. Trivia. Talk to you later. All right, let's go. Let's stick with the phones. We'll be real patient. we got Tony on the line. Come on, answer the phone. There you go. It's Tony, there. Yeah, I'm, right, uh, I'm here. Uh, Tony, actually, going, I'm glad you called tonight because I haven't got a chance to, to watch it yet. Um, but I'm planning on it because I've heard so so many good things about it. Uh, did you catch ROH this weekend? How was it? Why don't you give uh, a little bit of a report of, on how a final battle was? Well, first of all, I was there in the building. So nice. I, I saw it live. And my God, what an experience seeing pay-per-view live in person! Um, I, I, I mean, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You know, Ring of Honor is some of the you know it, it, those guys. That, that locker room is are some of the some of the best performers I have ever seen today. And you know, it was like, you know there was just a lot of great action. Uh, you had a great six-man tag. It was the Bucks and ACH uh, versus. Uh, Daniels Kazarian and Cedric Alexander. It was just amazing match. A lot of near falls, a lot of you know, like kicks and you know, like dives and that kind of stuff. But it was really, uh, it was just really, you know, a really fun match. Uh, Red Dragon and the, the uh, Time Splitters for the for the ROH Tag Belts was also another really fun match. That was great. Um, they had. Uh, 
uh, Jay Briscoe and Adam Cole had a really a, uh, that was the main event. That it was like that was just a, that was just a plunder fest. I mean, it was a sick that was a sick brawl. Uh, it was it was you know it's like there was some, there was some blood in there. And I think after, I think I, I was you know, the only member was Adam, Adam Cole actually. I think might have got gotten hurt. He, I think he had a concussion because after the show ended, he was being tended to and he was had he um, you know they were checking his head out and doing whatever and uh, but it was a you know like I say, it was a. It, it was a crazy brawl. I mean, uh, uh, you know, it, you had other great matches. So, you know, you had Matt Seidel and Jay Lethal, which you know, they, you know those guys are really awesome in the ring. Um, you know, there was great. There was there was just a lot of action. You had Roderick Strong in the in a match, and um, he you know, he he went over. You know, well, the, the guy his uh, the guy he he went over on actually didn't tap out. He you know the ref had to just stop the match. You had Michael Elgin and Tommaso Ciampa in a, in a, in a pretty crazy brawl. Which was, yeah, you know, another another really fun one to see. Um, yeah, it, it was really good, and I was, you know, I was fortunate. If I was sitting third row, so I got a pretty good view of everything. The other thing that was good about it is I was right next to the, um, right near by the entranceway, and over on the, like by the side of the entranceway, I could actually see like on the wall they were fil- they, I could actually see the broadcast version of the pay-per-views right there so it's like a lot of times when the like when the action would go outside the ring you know, there was a camera above the ring filming you know filming everything and when you know a lot of a lot there would be a lot of spots where like guys would go outside the ring and everybody like in the front row would stand up so, so I, I couldn't see so it's like I, I had the advantage of turning over and just looking over at the wall where it where it's like I could see I could see everything so it was like I really you know, I managed to see see everything, you know, whether it was like right in front of my eyes or on the the wall right you know right to the side of me. It was it was just an amazing experience there as far as the uh you know the the, the quality of the of the show goes. The the, the you know the you know, I gave it the place Terminal Five, I had never been in there before. I had you know, never you know, I've never uh I never heard of it before they had the show here. But uh yeah, I mean it it was it was a good, yeah, it was it was an okay place, you know. I mean, I heard on I heard that actually on the pay per view, like on on TV, it looked good. It, it looked good, but uh, yeah, it was it was a great, you know, it was it was really something to see live there. I mean, yeah, there were some there were some fans in there who were who were kind of you know, oh my god, there's one I won't even get into one, but you know, it's just like it's there's yeah, there was I mean, there were some fans who were kind of marks and like really like you know, just like okay, yeah, yeah, here's some wrestling and just like. You know, they didn't really know what the hell was going on, but uh, it. Uh, the, the, but you know, like I said, you know, it's like I'm there. You know, it's like I go there. You know, it's like I, I just want to see some great action. And like I said, you go to Ring of Honor, you see Ring of Honor show, whether it's live or whether or whether it's on pay per view or I pay per view or the TV show. I, you know, it's like you're always guaranteed. Some, you're always guaranteed great. You know, great matches, great storytelling. You know, the storytelling is good too. Uh, it, it's just. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's like I said before. You know, it, it is so it is some of the best some of the best wrestling going today. I mean, you know, Ring of Honor is really is 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 the place for you know for you know for wrestling for wrestling fans like myself, you know, like me, and uh, you know other you know fans who wanna who want something different. Ring of Honor is definitely that product. It sounds like it was a, a hell of an event. Is that guy gonna have to like? buckle down and sit down and, and watch it um cause i've heard so many good things about it i'm i'm curious we started you know off the show and i'm sure you heard about it uh uh cm punk in, in mma now um, i'm curious because you're a big cm punk fan uh what are your what are your thoughts on cm punk's uh change in careers now 
I got to I was kind of surprised when I saw the headline that he was actually signing with UFC. I do I my initial reaction was like, whoa, he's going to UFC. What? And it was just like, you know, it's like after everything, you know, he talked about on the uh, on the podcast about you know working with all these injuries and the concussions and the staff infections and all that stuff. And then it was like saying that, you know, it's like he almost you know it's like if he continued working after the Rumble, he wouldn't even be with it. He wouldn't even be alive. You know, it's just. Like you know, it's just you know, I, I just you know, it's like going to going to UFC where he, where it's actually you know, it's like where, like you said, they do they do that stuff that they pound each other for real. You know, it's like I kind of kind of got me wondering, just like you know, it's, you know, it's like after after everything he went through in you know WWE with the travel and the injuries and all that stuff. You know, it's just like now he's going in there to something that's just as dangerous. It's just like I don't know. I I, I think I, I'm hoping he reconsiders. You know, because I, I really don't want to see it something where it's like, you know, it's like guy, you know, it's like former WWE guy dies in the octagon, you know. It's like I don't want to see anything. You know, I, don't, I don't want that to happen. You know, yeah, I mean, kind of hit. You know, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, you, you say something like that, and that's, you know, it's, I mean, that, that's, you know, it's not an exaggeration. I mean, that's the thing that, if you know, if you really don't know what you're doing when you, and you get in the octagon, uh, yeah, like getting killed is, uh, or at the very least, getting seriously injured is is a very very real possibility. And and I'm like I'm right there with you, Tony. Like that is the the you know my opinion. Again, it, it, you know, good for him if that's the life choice you want to make. You know, we all make choices, and that's a dream of yours, whatever. Good. Um, but it just seems very intriguing, and uh, you know, borderline contradictory to to spend such a. Uh, chunk of time uh complaining about all these injuries and then uh you know decide that you're going to take a job uh you know getting hit for real and um you know like because it was funny because with cm punk and not being in the wwe like the the doing the talking dead uh working for marvel comics that all like made sense to me this guy doesn't want to be hit anymore uh so he's taking jobs like this i mean good for him uh it's an interesting career choice uh yeah you just hope that He's really up to snuff as far as his training goes before he gets in that octagon. Um, I'm curious, Tony. Before I let you go, like they, you know, the, it's announced uh, CM Punk in the octagon pay-per-view. Uh, whatever else happens to be on the card, are you ordering it? Are you watching it? Yes or no? Not really. I'm not a UFC fan, so you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm probably not going to watch it. I'll, I'll probably, you know, I'll hear about what happens, you know, online or whatever. But I, yeah, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm, I, I'm. I usually don't. I can't get a UFC. It's not really my. Uh, it's not really my thing. Interesting. All right, very good, Tony. Thanks a lot for the call, and uh, talk to you next week. Look, I I posted the uh, nominees on Facebook for our year end show, so uh, get on there, vote, and uh, we'll do that all next week. Thanks a lot for the call. All right, you know, you know, 80s, brother. Yeah. And let's stick with the phones. If you on hold, uh, this is a new number. I think got a nine oh eight number. Caller, are you there? What's up, Ken? It's uh, your fellow Saw family member, Brian from Jersey. How are you, Ken? Hey, doing all right, Brian. How are you? Good, man. Uh, first things first, uh, real, real quick on CM Punk. Listen, Dana White, first off, he's a businessman. And if you don't think this is this is going to be good for, for him and UFC, it's going to bring some money in and bring people to come watch, uh, obviously, CM Punk's first fight. Um, you know, so let's see what happens. But Dana White did this. I mean, it was a business decision to bring CM Punk in because you have the curiosity of what CM Punk's been doing. 
Um, we all know he's been training with Gracie, for, you know, probably all through his wrestling career. So he does have the experience in MMA. Let's not count that out. But uh, obviously, when he fights his first fight, there's going to be a lot of people that want to see that. So that's a business decision, and, and it could be one of the record-breaking pay-per-views. I, I, I see that happening, definitely, with his first UFC fight. What do you think, Ken? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think on, on Dana's side of it, it's... Uh... You know, I think it's, it's it's definitely a business decision. He's going to make money off it. Uh, I, I think the biggest question for Dana White, whether it's going to be long-term moneymaker or a short-term moneymaker, I, I agree with you. I think that first fight, again, I don't really follow UFC too much. I want to see that fight. You know, I, and, and again, I could. it's not like I'm the only person in America that's, that's thinking that. Uh, you got a lot of people, I'm sure, that are not into UFC. They're going to think, hey, I want, I want to see what CM Punk can do in the octagon. So, I do think it's a, it's an incredible decision for Dana White uh, as far as uh, it's definitely going to be a short-term uh, big-time gain for, for Dana White and UFC. The question is if he can sustain it and what Punk winds up doing in the octagon. And, yeah, I mean, we all know that he's trained and, and he's trained in styles. It's just that, you know, once you're actually in that octagon and, and there's someone in there that's, uh, you know, looking to take your head off for real, um, I'm just really curious, and again, that curiosity will get me to order the fight. So, again, it is a great dis- uh, business decision by uh, Dana White. Yeah, and, and real quick, talking about the wrestling, uh, in my opinion, I think 2014 for wrestling uh, has been that great of a year. Um, but I'm hoping 2015, especially going to the Royal Rumble, Ken, uh, myself, and Pat are going to be there in the parking lot. I'm hoping 2015 is a better year than 2014. Um, I attended some independent wrestling this year. Uh, I attended uh, in Rollway uh, last month. Saw some great wrestlers, some great independent wrestlers. Um, so I'm hoping 2015 is a better wrestling year than this past year because uh, all in all, I don't think it was that great of a year for, for pro wrestling. I, I think it was it was like a spotty year. It was it was a weird year for wrestling. I mean, I think there was some like really good stuff, but it, it just seemed like, I guess for me, and you know, there was never any real momentum sustained for any like chunk of time where like, I felt like if you liked something like maybe you liked a few weeks in a row and then you know kind of it, it wasn't like you had a, a long chunk of time I thought the run to Wrestlemania was good uh, culminating with uh, Daniel Bryan but obviously with the Daniel Bryan injury that kind of uh, again like halted that so it, it's just been a stop and go uh, Cesaro again hot uh, right after Wrestlemania and then where's he going so it's it's kind of been a little bit of stop-and-go kind of year. Uh, what do you think, Dave, as far as overall and going into 2015? And going, into, going into 2015, you know, we'll discuss this more next week in our retrospective show. I think there's a lot, lot more potential for not just WWE, but for, for, for great wrestling all around with Ring of Honor, Global Force Wrestling, and, and their partnerships with New Japan. you got Lucha Underground, AAA. I mean, the, the Ring of Honor, the list goes on and on. TNA's relaunching. You know, I'm optimistic to see what they have in store with the with the new network that they're going to be working under. So, um, as far as this year goes, I mean, I kind of agree with you. It's been spotty at best. I mean, there was a time period where there, I'd say, at least as far as WWE goes, there were certain phases where, you know, like you supported something, you liked something, and then it went away. Like the run with Daniel Bryan was great for the first three months, and then he got hurt and he was gone and it was back to you know the John Cena show. Um, I mean TNA, they let so much talent go that like that that were, you know, building blocks and helping them become the, the entity that they were and then they replaced them with like virtual nobodies on their program that so
certainly aren't holding up the end. I mean, I give them credit for trying that new ideas and, and new characters, but, you know, they let go of AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Kazarian, you know, three guys that helped build the X Division and helped build TNA. So, um, I mean, it, I, I, I do agree with you. Spotty at best is, is 2014's been, but I'm optimistic with, with uh, the way the landscape, with, with the way 2014 has has been and it's built towards 2015, in my opinion. I think I think we'll see a better uh, in-ring product all around for everybody in 2015. And one last thing, uh, speaking of AJ Styles, I had the uh, privilege to see him uh, a couple weeks ago wrestling Rollway against Matt Seidel. And uh, which was a great match, by the way. And uh, he was actually selling merchandise next to Pat and myself. And uh, some people asked him about TNA, and he's not a—he's not very fond of Dixie and TNA, and he thinks they're in a lot of trouble. But uh, he did mention Global Force Wrestling uh, with Jeff Jarrett, and don't be surprised if he actually—that's a big name with uh, Jeff Jarrett. So uh, happy holidays, you guys, and uh, Ken, I'll see you at the Rumble. Happy holidays, you. Take it easy, bro. Good stuff. New caller, looking good. Let's uh, let's stay with the phones. People have been on hold for a long time. I think there's Rocky on hold. Rocky, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on? What do you got for us tonight? Not much, not much. Uh, yeah, definitely all over this CM Punk buzz. Uh, I think it's kind of crazy. Uh, especially, like you said... When he has all this talk about and all these complaints about injuries that he's receiving, you know, makes perfect business sense. But let, let's also look at it this way. If you if you think about it, Punk just basically gave it up and gave his opponent a roadmap and to, as to how to defeat him. Because if I'm no matter who Dana White puts up against Punk. And let's be honest, Dana White's no fool. It, in my opinion, the only way that he can pull Punk off as a legit MMA uh, wrestler, MMA fighter, he has to pick someone who can go the distance in a good stand-up fight. But uh, if I'm a, a, a new up-and-comer, and like you said, there's got to be a lot of animosity with uh, this guy who basically came out of nowhere and is now getting on a pay-per-view, you know, I'm going straight for his head and straight for his ribs. With either concussion or both busted ribs, I'm going for it. What do you think? It, you know, it's, it's I, I didn't even think of it in, in, in that angle, but, but you're right. I mean, if, if I'm an MMA fighter and I'm getting in there with CM Punk, I'm finding those matches with Ryback, and I, I, I want to figure out, like, if not exactly as close as I can, exactly the ribs that were broken. I'm going to look to, to target that area immediately. And, and I never took that angle before. Um, never really thought of that. But it, it's an interesting point, you know, for a guy to come out there and, and basically, you know, talk for an hour on, on all the things, all the injuries he's had. Um, yeah, if, if I'm an MMA, an MMA guy... I'm like, this is awesome. I got a, a roadmap now on, uh, you know, some of the nagging injuries that Punk may have, and that's what I'm going to go after. That's that's an interesting thought. I didn't I didn't take it like that, but uh, definitely could see that. What do you think, Dave? That's a great point. I mean, you think about it. You know, Punk talked about you know having a, a MRSA staph infection. He could have died 
and he talked about his ribs being broken. He talked about the concussions he had. You know, this is no different than, than, than it's very similar to the situation that Brock Lesnar encountered in UFC. Um, Brock Lesnar, I mean, he's a far superior athlete than CM Punk, but Brock Lesnar came down with diverticulitis twice, and uh, you know his his uh, you know his, his midsection and his rib area and, and his intestines they were targets. I mean, his last fight was against Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem kicked him so hard, so hard in that area that Lesnar like paused and stopped, thought he could fight, and he just collapsed, and the rest stopped the fight. And and that that disease that Brock Lesnar had, you know, on those two occasions, that was a target as well um, for his for his fight to mixed martial arts. So that's a great point that you bring up there, you know, being that Punk is basically giving his opponents an advantage in a way before they've even gotten in the octagon because now they know some of his weaknesses. Yeah, and you know, to to enter a, to enter a sport like MMA at his age with those kind of injuries under his belt already, you know, it's, like I said, Dana White's no fool. It, you know, he's been in this business, and he's been hooking and jabbing and trying to keep MMA in the spotlight. But it's got to be really tough to, for him to find an opponent, because like I said, the only way Punk is going to look legitimate is if you find someone who's able to go go at it with him and go the distance. Because like you said, if Punk wins too early, it's going to be billed as a wash. And if the opponent wins too early, Dana White doesn't get his payday. You know, it's really a fine line he has to walk. And you think about the other uh, WWE superstars who have gone into MMA, you know, uh, Lesnar, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, Shamrock, Severn, you know, very physically imposing guys with extensive backgrounds in either amateur wrestling or extensive martial arts background. And I know Punk has had, has had his dabblings, but I really don't know Punk's martial art background that well. So, you know, from a physical standpoint, I really don't see Punk's plus side in doing this. But hey, like you said, he has the ability, uh, he has the ability to call a shot if this is what he wants to do. Okay, but it's might going to cost him in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, when you talk about, you know, again, quoting CM Punk, uh, you know, Ryback took 20 years off my life. Um, you know, what do you think getting in in, in the octagon is going to do? You know, it, it's it's weird. And again, though, I get it from from Dana White's side. It, this is it's a good business move, and uh, I'm curious, Rocky. Are two questions? Are you? A UFC MMA fan? Do you watch it regularly? And and if not, will you be at least trying to make plans to see CM Punk when he debuts there? Well, I I'm a former MMA fan. I, I was really into it when uh, Randy Couture was fighting, when Chuck Liddell was at his prime. That that's when I was really into it. It's kind of fallen by the wayside in my interest. But to see Punk come to see Punk come into it, I'm curious to see how the UFC receives him. That would get me. To, that would get me to watch. Will it get me to watch long term? Eh, that all depends on what they show me. So it, 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 it's not going to be only that fight, but it's going to be the whole card that's going to be a, a, a selling point to see if I stay a fan or not. 
which really I can see that WWE using that as kind of a, you know, we have the network, how do we sell it? Let's watch this, maybe we can get some ideas. Who knows? Interesting stuff, good stuff, Rocky. Uh, thanks stuff for the call, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take it easy, brother. Lots of, lots of good stuff from Rocky. Uh, excellent points uh, as far as uh, uh, CM Punk. And, uh, you know, it's it's almost, you know, if you're in the running for fighting CM Punk, like, he gave you basically a roadmap on, you know, what to go after on, on his body. Um, interesting that what he said also, and I do think it's, it's another very good point from Rocky. Um, again, it's that, I, I know it keeps saying it, but that short-term, long-term thing, um, you're you're going to get a lot of eyeballs on that product because of CM Punk. Uh, how good that card is is going to have a lot to say whether the CM Punk thing is successful to Dana White and keeps people on as UFC fans. Dave. No, it's also it's also not just you know eyeballs getting them on the on the product in terms of the card and in terms of you know CM Punk's debut, but it's also keeping them there too. You know you can. You can make a, a a good chunk of change by having you know promoting this big card and promoting CM Punk's debut fight against you know you know uh, Joe Blow whoever, but it's also keeping them there too. If like like you mentioned, like Rocky's mentioned, and like other calls have mentioned, if Punk you know beats whoever he fights in 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 very short fashion, then people are going to question whether. Dana White and UFC are protecting Punk, but if this guy, you know, wipes the floor with Punk, then you're not going to. People aren't going to want to. Oh, we watched the pro wrestling guy come on MMA to get his ass kicked. No, like I mean, some people may have, but other people also want to see him win and see if he can prove himself to, to be a commodity in the sport. So, like he said, it's a very fine line he's going to have to cross. Like Punk's going to have to win the fight, in my opinion, not in like in in in, in handily fashion, but he's going to have to win in a way where it's convincing, or he's going to have to go toe-to-toe and have like a bloodbath of a fight with a guy and just barely get out alive but win the fight, like to me, in order to get people to want to keep watching, you know? It's not it's not in the sense like Brock Lesnar, where Brock Lesnar had skill, and he was an amateur wrestler, and he was just a legitimate bad ass going into that octagon, and people wanted to see him get killed, and he was also the first pro wrestler to do it. You know, people have seen this story before. Now that Punk's, you know, coming in and doing the same thing that Brock Lesnar did. Difference is, Punk's got no experience. Brock's got some experience. And the way Brock Lesnar left professional wrestling and tried something else, people had animosity towards him for that. So I think that's why more people want to see Brock Lesnar lose than anything. I think there's a mixed bag on the CM Punk situation. I think people want to see him lose, but I think also people want to see if he can hang and if, and, and if it's believable and it's convincing. So many, like so many layers to this whole thing. It's just an interesting story. And and as as we're seeing, you know, as we're we're getting into the last twenty minutes of the show, you know, both Dana White and CM Punk, if if nothing else, they got our attention. And at least right now, uh, that's got to be a uh, primary motivation. And they've gotten our attention, uh, you know. And and getting back to to Brian's point uh, before, you know, the fact that this year has has been spotty. Uh, at times, uh, storylines, uh, and especially right now, 
you know, for us, we're talking before the show, this is something that's much more intriguing and interesting uh, than a lot of the storylines we're getting on TV, and it's prompting a lot of conversation, and that's good for Dana White, that's good for CM Punk, so we'll see what happens going forward into 2015. Let's go back out to the phones, because we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Are you there? I'll put Mike back on hold there. Uh, wow, I can't oh believe God, Mike. Really on the phone? He, I, I don't know. Maybe he's. I don't know. Maybe he had like one of Dank's cocktails and he's he's sleeping uh, or something. But uh, uh, one, I don't can, know. one can only hope. <laughs> so uh, maybe he just dialed hope. in and was just listening. I don't know. Uh, I know. I know he's gone from the switchboard. <sighs> Crazy stuff. Um. Staying a little bit from, I mean, the CM Punk thing, and uh, one thing that did strike me, and, you know, it's people's personalities, and CM Punk has become one of those guys that, almost like the boy who cried wolf, and he's always uh, complaining about something, and, you know, a lot of his stuff with the WWE, uh, you know, it was interesting, it was intriguing, and, and like we've said time and time again, there's your side, there's my side, and there's the truth, you know, the old saying, there's three sides to every story, um, so I didn't doubt that that you know a lot of what CM Punk was saying was true, but at the same time, you know, you, you we've heard for years that uh, you know he likes to complain. And to be honest with you, um, at first glance, when I heard the stuff about the the medical and and the uh, the staff infection and how you know the doctors were incompetent and you know that whole thing i i my gut reaction was eh, it's, you know it's probably not that bad it's it's probably uh you know they're a multi billion dollar company they have to have uh, good doctors they can't let diagnoses go uh you know or injuries go unchecked you know i know it's a tough business but you know CM Punk is exaggerating but and now there's some stories coming out where, you know, one of the things that I, I do find intriguing with uh, coming out of this podcast, aside from, you know, Punk's career change, is, you know, does the WWE find themselves in a in a ticklish situation as far as how they're treating, uh, now, quote-unquote employees, because technically, uh, I guess they're all considered independent contractors, um, but the way they treat them medically, uh, what the doctors on, on premises are doing, um, interesting stuff coming out now, uh, and, and the, the nastiest, and, and Dave, you brought this to my attention, uh, Renee Dupree's story, holy cow. Yeah, holy cow is right. I mean, he, was, uh, he, he had a, a hematoma um, in his head, and he was making a flight he was actually he was scheduled to wrestle a tv taping and uh they told him uh you know to take the night out apparently he was scheduled to wrestle big show and uh he was trying to charter a flight back to uh you know louisville kentucky i believe and he uh he was in the bathroom and the the the, the, the cabin pressure and the airplane changed with the through the altitude uh, on the flight and the hematoma exploded and he, there was blood everywhere and um you know, he, he. I don't know if he. I. I don't think he. I think he passed out or he fell down. But um, you know, he's in a lot of pain. And uh, luckily for him, Triple H was on the same flight with him, and Triple H kind of stayed with him and made sure he was all right. Um, you know, kind of tended to his needs. And then when they landed, um, I guess the, the 
the, the trainer from WWE or the company doctor at that time, um, when the when EMTs and the and uh, the, the medics had gotten to the the, the airport to tend to Dupree, they told him you got to go to the hospital right away. And uh, I guess the, um, the the trainer or the doctor from WWE was there, and he kind of motioned to Dupree like, "No, it's going to cost the company some money if if you go." Um, so uh, I mean, it's no secret that like. I mean, this isn't the first company that's, that's had, you know, uh, medical practices being questioned. I mean, it's been questioned in baseball with, with, with you know, the, the steroid scandal over the years. There have been trainers and doctors who teams that have given players steroids, and those guys end up, you know, taking most of the blame than the actual players who inject themselves with the steroids do. Um, so, I mean, WWE's not the first for this to um, you know come out publicly by one wrestler, but now two, and I guess Bob Holly had something uh, in his elbow um, years back where the doctors were very negligent with him and his condition. Um, I mean, hey, WWE was on trial for for, for steroids at one point in '94, you know, with their medical team as well. So it's no secret that there's been stories that have come out for years, but I mean. You gotta wonder at one point, like how far does the entertainment have to go, um, especially with a talent? Like, like you said, like I'm sure there's some truth to what Punk has had to say about, you know, his handling with the medical staff. But um, I mean, to me, it's 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 troubling if, if if these things are true. To be quite honest with you, I mean, I'm a fan and I'm all for entertainment, and I've been a big wrestling fan. I'll probably be a wrestling fan for the day I die. But I mean, you, you, dude, your health comes first in my opinion, more than my entertainment. You know, you, you know, if I was in your shoes, I'd want my health to come first before somebody else's entertainment. Yeah, it, it's troubling. I mean, when you start to hear stories like this, it, it's it's troubling. And, you know, in Bob Holly's story where, uh, you know, I guess the staph infection he had, uh, uh, you know, he came seriously close to, to losing his arm. Um so you, you do wonder, uh, you know, now that this this uh, podcast from Sam Punk on on Cabana's podcast has gotten so much notoriety, um, he's in MMA now. Uh, you know, do, is this you know behind the scenes? Does this force, uh, in some way, shape, or form, for the WWE to uh, you know change their practices a bit uh, in the back? Uh, you know, change their medical practices. Uh, you know, give guys time off when they really need it. Um, it's just, it's just really interesting because my my opinion changed uh, quickly as these other stories uh, were coming out. And I mean, the, the Renee Dupree thing, man. I can't imagine what that. I mean, not like I mean, he's okay and he lived through it and, and good. But I mean, Jesus Christ, could you imagine like that happening to you, like? Yeah, I'm on the plane. I'm in the bathroom. My head just exploded. I mean, all the pain and stuff aside, I mean, mentally you got to be thinking, I, "This is it. I'm gonna die right here." My head just exploded out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's, I mean, I can imagine it being very scary, not only for him but for you know the, the people on the on the flight that also you know had to witness it too. Because I'm sure you know those those uh, you know airplane bathrooms aren't mansions. So it wasn't like that they had, you know, enough people in there to tend to him in a bathroom. You could already put one person in there. So I'm sure that they had to remove him from the bathroom and tend to him and 
I'm sure that there are people that had saw what had happened or at least saw the result of what had happened with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about your health and health and, and uh, for me at least, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, those guys, like, I mean, the WWE has had a wellness policy in effect for, uh, I think I, I think they instituted it like the day, like, or they made mention of it, like, that they were instituting a wellness policy like the day after Eddie Guerrero died because it was just such a huge loss to them. And they've been the infant stages of it, you know, in the past, like, six years or so. I mean, part of their wellness policy, not only just, not only just drug testing, but testing for concussion, testing for, you know, heart and, and respiratory issues and, and other injuries. They take some of that stuff seriously and some of that stuff they don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I've heard stories that, that you know, firsthand stories and how, how all over the place they are in terms of their care with the wellness policy. And I've heard stories of, of how they, they play favorites with guys with drug testing. I mean, on, on the day a drug test takes place, a guy like a Batista or a guy like a John Cena or the top stars, those guys would be busy filming a commercial or, 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 or signing autographs at a car dealership, you know? And then, you know, other guys would have to be there to perform the drug test. And then I've heard other stories where guys have lied about getting hurt because they don't want to lose their spot and they would force them off the card or force them to take time off. And then when they come back, they, they, they're punished for having that time off that they were forced to take off. Um, you know, I mean, there was an instance a couple of years ago where Del Rio got the concussion and he was taken off a pay-per-view like a week prior. They replaced him and then he came back and they, they, they used him again in the same role. But, um, I mean, it's weird how, how protective they are of some but not of others. And to me, it's almost like it's one of those things where it's like, well, if he's important to us, then we'll make sure that he gets the proper care. But if we need this guy right now, like, no matter what condition he's in, like, he has to work through it, sort of thing. It's really weird. I can't, I can't describe it, but from what I've heard, the accounts I've heard, it's all over the place in terms of their importance or lack thereof of the policy and its talent. It's crazy. I'm just, I'm curious if like we see some, some changes or at least uh, cosmetic changes going forward. Just uh, some, a little bit of breaking news as we head into uh, the Slammy Awards tonight. Uh, some of the winners presented earlier today. Uh, NXT Superstar of the Year, Sami Zayn, the anti-gravity moment of the year, Seth Rollins' balcony dive at Payback, Faction of the Year, The Shield, and of course, how can we ever get by without having the best Twitter handle award, and the best Twitter handle goes to Heel Ziggler, so uh, uh, some real uh, important awards there given out, uh, like I said, going forward. Our awards were just kind of sticking the, the real important ones. So head on over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Posted some categories up there. We need you guys to vote for Wrestler of the Year, Match of the Year, and Event of the Year. And notice I said Wrestler of the Year, not Superstar or Sports Entertainer of the Year, but Wrestler of the Year. Get on the Facebook. Get your votes in. Let's go back out of the phones. Then we got Mike back. Mike, are you there? Hey guys, what's going on? There you are. How you doing tonight, Mike? All right, I'm good. Good. I I have to thank ROH Wrestling for a great pay per view last night. I got to watch it. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, and I got to check it out. But I've heard so many good things about it. We're discussing uh, nominees 
uh, before the show, we're like, you know what? Like this, the buzz is so huge off this event. We're just gonna throw that into uh, you know a nominee for event of the year. So uh, I'm looking forward to catching it. They are a great organization. They reached out to me. They invited me down there. I got to watch the, the pay-per-view from the locker room. It was it was a great vibe. I was I was happy to be there, and uh, the wrestlers took to me. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it happens. I guess everybody loves me. I guess so. So what did so you watch the baby? What did you think of it? I was in the locker room. Of course, I watched it. We all watched it together. They have monitors in there, man. I I have food. I, I enjoyed it. I. The Did wrestlers are great. What? Did you bring your camp with you? My camp was there. <laughs> That's how I got invited. Yes, they were. They all of course. Yeah. So what was your, what was, your what, was, what was the match of the night? Oh, my goodness. Every match was the match of the night, man. I love Michael Elkin. He's very cool. Very good guy. That's a great answer. <laughs> uh, they all were good, man. I, I, I had no... I, there wasn't a sleep. There wasn't a match that I I didn't like. You know, I I, I you know I liked the the main event was good. Briscoe's an excellent wrestler. I happen to know them very personally. Nice guys. You know, they have he has a brother. Very nice guys. But uh, what? But I called to talk about Punk, and and you know, uh, everybody's talking about the Punk podcast. And you know what podcast I want to talk about? The Stone Cold Steve Austin. On uh, you know McMahon podcast, where where you had Vince McMahon say, you know Stone Cold said, well you know I want to keep you on here, uh, you know after the show, uh, they're telling me to wrap it up, and McMahon said, you know what, guys I own the, I own this network, fifteen more minutes, and they and they and they went fifteen more minutes, and to me it was like McMahon and Stone Cold were friends, they were talking about old times, and you know. And and to me, when McMahon took the high road and talked about um, CM Punk in a good way, it didn't surprise me because McMahon's, you know, a, a truthful person, Vince McMahon. You know, people may hate him, they love him. I always liked Vince. I always loved Vince. I always thought if it wasn't for him and Hulk Hogan and all the other guys that busted their butts, we wouldn't have a a company. But what do you guys think about the, the podcast? Did you listen to it, watch it? What do you think about it? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was really good. I mean, I th- you know, in all honesty, I do think that uh, he took he took the high road a lot of it. Um, you know, that dude, he's, he's a businessman. He's a politician. He knows uh, the right things to say. I honestly do have a hard time. Uh, you know, I kind of go back and forth with the whole, uh, you know, CM Punk getting his uh, severance papers, like, on his wedding day. And, you know, it's, you know, Vince saying it's merely a coincidence. Uh, I don't know that that's sort of money, you know, billion dollar company. Uh, CM Punk, the way he left, I I have a hard time believing that's pure coincidence. But who knows? I mean, CM Punk says they did it on purpose. Vince says it was a coincidence. Um, whatever. I I, I thought it was good. Uh, I I didn't think they got uh, you know, it's like at times it looked like Stone Cold was trying to push Vince a little bit, and they they didn't get too much into the nitty gritty. Uh, what, the one thing that did strike me during the uh, the podcast was really when uh, Vince kind of ragged on uh, this generation of wrestlers, the millennials, and, and saying that, uh, you know, those guys aren't the types to, to really grasp for the brass ring like Stone Cold did. And uh, I, I, found, I, that, agree I with found that very intriguing. And uh, I, I thought that was interesting. And I, I got to admit, as a fan, it kind of bothered me a little bit 
that Vince, like, really, really, he just, he hates the word wrestling. He hates pro wrestling. I mean, it's it's weird that he just, you know, Stone Cold was trying to push it like, you know, the wrestlers and wrestling. It's like, and Vince is, was adamant about, no, this is sports entertainment. And uh, I, 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 as, a, as an old school fan, I, I honestly found that a little bit disheartening. It's like, it, it, wrestler's mm-hmm. not a dirty word. Um, but I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was good. I, you know, to see Vince not in Vince character and, and, and just talking uh, was good. So I, I thought it was an entertaining show. What did you think of it, Dave? I thought it was entertaining. I didn't expect, I didn't, I mean, I was on social media, you know, afterwards and I saw all these posts about how it was groundbreaking and it was like one of the greatest things that has ever happened. And it was gold and priceless. I mean, it was good stuff, but McMahon, you know, he didn't, you know, delve into anything that we haven't heard him talk about before. He was out of his comfort zone a little bit, which I thought was interesting, but he brought himself back to reality that, you know, he's the chairman of a billion-dollar company on camera speaking publicly. You know, he – I mean, people were upset he didn't talk more at length about the CM Punk situation. Of course he was going to take the high road. He wasn't going to get into that, you know, airing the dirty laundry out. That's not his thing. That's not his style. So – People didn't expect, you know, you shouldn't have expected him to, to talk about the allegations of his medical staff being negligent towards CM Punk and his medical conditions. I mean, you know, but overall, I thought it was a good interview. Um, it felt like in some way, you know, the way Austin, I've listened to a few Austin podcasts, especially when he has guys on there in the wrestling business. He makes it feel like more of a conversation and just two guys just bullshit as opposed to it being an interview. And it, and it got that vibe with McMahon. And, I think, too, it helped, you know, with the network as well. The network needs some good original content. And, I think, and I'm not saying Austin could do a weekly podcast on the network, but if you were to do something monthly or maybe, like, you know, previewing or reviewing uh, a pay-per-view after it airs on the network and they do something live, maybe take some phone calls, like, from his house or something in a studio, I think that would be kind of cool because I think the network – is in need of more original content as opposed to all the archive stuff. They got archive stuff out the app. They need more original content in order to draw more casual viewers to their network. And I think this Austin podcast helps with that. Well, well, guys, yeah, guys, we got about four minutes on the Mike Ferraro show. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought this was my show. Uh, no, um, seriously, all, all kidding aside, though, I, I, w- I would like to tell you that the Flair Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast was money. That was great because Ric Flair admitted to taking basically everybody's move. He basically <laughs> copped to taking everybody's move. Just like today, everybody uses Ric Flair. You know, everybody uses a piece of, of Ric Flair. But uh, I, I, t- I tell you, though, the the uh, the podcast um, with Chris Jericho, he's got a good show. He had Sami Zayn and, and Neville on from Next uh, NXT, and that was a great interview because Sami Zayn, you know, a good wrestler, nice guy, you know, good friend of mine too, another good friend of mine too, uh, you know, known him for years from ROH. Um, and, and these guys were talking about how they're all wrestling blow-up dolls. And how and how uh, you know it was very very funny very funny to uh, to hear that stuff. Good stuff, Mike. As always, hate to cut you off, but we're running short on time. So uh, I'll speak to you next week, guys. Sounds good, brother. Take it easy. Ah, uh, you got it, brother. Bye.
just only a, a taste of Mike Ferrara this week. Just let you guys know, uh, Raw That's Guest fine. Star of the Year, Hugh Jackman. Best Couple of the Year, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. And Rivalry of the Year, Daniel Bryan versus The Authority. So already Daniel Bryan with two Slammy Awards. Ah, oh, such important awards they're giving out so far. Anyway, you know the important awards. The important awards are going to be here next Monday. Uh, get on the Facebook, vote for those awards. We're going to do. I'm looking forward to next week, Dave, because it's going to be a. It's going to be different than what we usually do to end the year. Different is always good. How many times have you and I spoken off the air where we kind of winged the show? You know, I'm going to shoot with everybody here. We've kind of winged the show and done something different. It's actually worked in our favor and gotten a lot of good feedback. I think, uh, not to jinx us, but I think we're going to pull off a pretty damn good show next week. 